Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturated, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today we've got our gorgeous uh, friend, Lauren, I like to call her Loren Delacruz. <laughs> Because I just think she's got the most amazing name. She's been on the podcast heaps. So go back and listen to her episode. She's got a great course called Conscious Conception, which I actually have, and it is brilliant. And she was just telling me about some of the incredible results and testimonials she has from women who've done her program, who've struggled to fall pregnant, gone through lots of fertility treatments and are now pregnant, which is just so amazing for them. Um, And I'm sure gives so many hope to women who are trying to fall pregnant. So welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Kitty. It's always a pleasure to be here. (laughs) So (laughs) today I just wanted to get uh, you on to talk about your own journey. Um, You're five weeks away. By the time this gets released, you would have had the baby, I would say. Um, And just, yeah, talk about your journey and some of the things you've been doing, eating, how you've been training. Because I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there around what you can and can't do um, when you're pregnant. But, you know, as we always say, consult with your doctor. We're not doctors. So, but, you know, I just think there's things like, you know, women are scared to eat liver. You know, they're scared to eat some foods. They're scared to move their body, you know. So, um, yeah. So, I don't know. Where, where can we start? Where, where would you like to start with this? I'm, I'm also set everyone eating my carrot salad while we, while we um, <laughs> do this podcast. So, if you hear me munching away in the background, that's what it is. That's the best multitasking you possibly do. (laughs) Approved. (laughs) Uh, Well, it depends. Do you want to talk about before I got pregnant or do you just want to dive into pregnancy in general? Whatever you want. What do you think would be helpful? Yeah. Well, um, for those that are not familiar, I'm Lauren Sophia. So thanks for the introduction, Kitty. I, I basically (laughs) help women get pregnant. Um, And, you know, it's, it's a wide range of women. So women that really, they know how important pregnancy prep is, but they don't know where to start. Um, Maybe women that want to do something different with their second pregnancy or third pregnancy compared to their first or second, Um, you know, maybe didn't go the way that they wanted it to. Um, Women that are struggling with their fertility, uh, women that are just overwhelmed (laughs) because there's so much contradictory advice out there. And there's also really a lot of like overly generalized advice. It's like, yeah, sure. You can do this X, Y, Z. But a lot of women still need extra help uh, in terms of like supporting what they're going through and their specific issues uh, versus like the general advice out there. Uh, So I help women with that. And um, yeah, I've I've relaunched my course back in August and it's just been uh, an amazing journey and an honor to support so many women um, growing their families. So uh, yeah, my own pregnancy journey. So I guess I can share a little bit about my own fertility journey. Um, And, you know, I'm I'm somebody that has gone through amenorrhea, anovulation, luteal phase defects, uh, hypothyroidism, parasites, (laughs) parasites, <laughs> candida, um, you know, so many things. And um, I, I really worked on that uh, prior to getting pregnant. It was over a time frame. I didn't experience all of these things at once. I also had an autoimmune disease <laughs> that uh, really just flared up 
And I, I was dealing with all these things at different points in time, uh, pre-diabetes as well. And, um, you know, I, I really knew that I wanted to grow my family at some point in the future. Um, and I wanted to get basically put my best foot forward because we do imprint our health on our children. So uh, a really big focus of mine was just making sure that I was putting forth the best version of myself, not necessarily what somebody else thinks you should be doing, because again, it's so overly generalized out there. Uh, but if you're able to kind of figure out what you need to do to make yourself the best version, that's really what, what it's all about and what I did for myself as well. Uh, so I prepared uh, over some time and I was able to conceive on the first try uh, with my husband, which was really such a blessing. And, you know, we were so grateful. Um, and ever since then, I've had a really smooth pregnancy. Um, you know, I, I, as you were saying, Kitty, there's a lot of misconceptions <laughs> that, that uh, I think I'd be happy to break down because <laughs> I've been doing a lot of the unconventional things. And one of those things is eating all the sushi, <laughs> raw dairy, liver, raw egg yolks, um, what else? Deli meat. I, I've eaten it all except for raw shellfish. I should say I did have some, my, my husband and I did a baby moon in Mexico uh, and I did have ceviche there, <laughs> but uh, they cook the ceviche with lime juice. Mm. Um, you know, it's not to a high degree temperature, but uh, I guess you could count that as maybe raw shellfish. <laughs> um but I feel completely comfortable. I have felt and feel completely comfortable with my food choices. Um, and, and yeah, so that's just one example, but we can delve deeper too, if you like. Yeah, no, I think probably I find one of the, the most common questions I get from women is my doctor has told me that I shouldn't eat liver because of the vitamin A and toxicity. Can you talk more about that? Yeah, absolutely. It's a question I get often like very often. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think vitamin A is, and it's a very essential nutrient for preventing birth defects. And that's exactly what the concern is around too. So ironically, the thing that it prevents, it's also, um, there's a lot of fear that it causes. It's the vitamin of symmetry. So if you want, um, while your baby's growing, especially in the early, um, months of pregnancy, it, it is really important for a symmetrical uh, body. It has a lot to do with the genetic sort of unfolding. Um, and I think it, I honestly think it has so much to do with, you know, how our facial structure forms. Uh, it's really important for bone health, immune health. Uh, so you definitely need vitamin A and you need enough where this sort of idea comes from is based on a bunch of studies done in the 1990s, uh, where they were poorly designed, and they really were inaccurately interpreted as well. So unfortunately, that created a lot of dogma regardless around vitamin A. And what happened was, you know, these studies, they measured the vitamin A intake of pregnant women and correlated those to birth defects. But what they didn't do was differentiate between synthetic vitamin A sources and natural vitamin A sources. Um, and it's pretty apparent that vitamin A, you know, synthetic vitamin A can cause birth defects. This is why if you aren't familiar with the uh, medication called Accutane, 
that's a synthetic vitamin A, basically a, a, an incredibly high dose of synthetic vitamin A. And they actually require you to be on the birth control pill while you're taking that because of the really horrible birth defects that it can cause. Um, so that's just one example. But, um, you know, I think synthetic vitamin A definitely at high doses it can, <laughs> but there's also, um, there's no literature that points to natural sources of vitamin A causing birth defects. Um, in fact, it prevents birth defects and it can be taken at quite high amounts. Um, I think the upper limit here in the United States is 10,000 IU per day. Wow. But there are studies that have been done with natural vitamin A upwards of 100,000 and 200,000 uh, IU and with, you know, no negative impacts. So um, I think it really, you know, I think there's a lot of dogma around the misinterpretation of these studies. Um, of course, you know, if you are somebody that is taking synthetic vitamin A, which is a whole other conversation, a lot of prenatals have it, a lot of supplements may have it. Uh, here in the United States, a lot of foods are fortified with synthetic vitamin A, especially mm -hmm. the dairy, because they remove the fat and then they uh, need to, you know, fortify that with the fat soluble vitamins that were removed, <laughs> like vitamin mm -hmm. A and D. Um, so that's you, you would be getting sources from these. You have to be cognizant of, you know, if you do decide to take, um, if, you, if you do decide to be sort, sort of more liberal with your vitamin A intake, I would just be cognizant of the fortified foods that you're getting. Mm. Uh, because even if you are eating natural foods like dairy per se, um, you know, you could be getting synthetic vitamin A depending on how much you're getting. Again, you know, the, the upper thresholds are pretty high anyway, mm. but, um, if you are somebody that's sort of risk averse, that's something to keep in mind. Um, but that's kind of where it comes from. And again, the natural sources, there's no reason to avoid them. Mm. Um, and they, they haven't been shown to cause birth defects. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they also come with uh, their, their key cofactors and the partners that help them, the vitamin A work properly in the body. Mm. Whereas like if you're eating a food that, has been stripped of its nutrients and then refortified with just vitamin A, you're missing those key cofactors that would help it operate optimally. So natural foods uh, really are the way to go. But we love liver, don't we? Yes. Yes. And it's honestly, um, I think I really attribute my liver consumption and my organ meat consumption pre-pregnancy, but also during pregnancy to my um, excellent iron levels. Um, I did opt in for, uh, some testing, um, and around the 28 week mark, we just had a little bit of check-in because that's usually around the time when you start downloading, uh, your nutrient stores to baby. And a lot of women can start to experience pregnancy related anemia. Mm -hmm. And my markers were just <laughs> healthier than, you know, non-pregnant women as healthy as like a, a man. That's <laughs> um, so good. So, you know, I, I attribute that because vitamin A also has a lot to do with uh, iron metabolism too. Yeah, it is really is incredible. You know, it's just one of the things that, I mean, I've been doing lots of things consistently since I met my business partner, Emma Skarakis, but I just remember when she asked, told me that I should eat liver every week. And I was like, oh, liver. But then when I learned more about how incredible it was and all the nutrients it contained, 
you know, I've been doing it every single week. I take our saturate A plus organic beef liver capsules now because I just mm-hmm. am a bit time poor and can't be bothered. But one thing I do like to do is make pate as well. We've got a beautiful pate recipe in our cookbook. I love beef liver pate. Um, and what do you, actually, this is another question. What do you think about prenatals, like vitamin tablets? Yes, no. Can you replace them with food? <laughs> That's a loaded question. I think mm-hmm. everyone's situation is different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, just prenatals are definitely not all that they are marketed to be. I think that should be definitely something, you know, if you're considering uh, taking one, you should be informed about because mm-hmm. it's a one size fits all solution. And, um, you know, as I was mentioning earlier, it really matters like where you're coming from, what your health mm-hmm. history is, what your needs are what your diet looks like that doesn't take any of that into account. Also, anyone can call anything a prenatal. There are literally no regulations around that here. Mm. <laughs> so, and there's no FDA regulation around that. Uh, you know, that's why there are prenatals that exist with three nutrients and mm. they just sell that. That's why there are prenatals that are just full of crap. Um, and I think the, the nutrient um, forms matter, you know, it, it's, consider supplement companies have to make money. A lot of them will choose really cheap versions of different nutrients, just like to fill it up and make it look good on the label. Um, so it, there's a quite a, a stark variety of like quality as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the nutrient considerations. So, you know, there's this thing, there's such a thing as like uh, an iron-free prenatal, which I think is really funny because this is the supplement companies acknowledging that iron and calcium uh, compete for absorption. And hopefully this isn't getting too sciencey. Basically, you know, if you take something with both iron and calcium, your body's going to have trouble absorbing both Mm -hmm. Uh, either one. It might prioritize one or the other, but you're not going to get as much from either one. So they've just removed iron because you don't need a lot of women don't need iron as much during pregnancy or, you know, it can be inflammatory. Um, but that doesn't take into consideration any of the other <laughs> competition that's happening, any of the other um, nutrients that are also competing for absorption. Um, so that's just another funny thing that I think is interesting. Um, so, you know, I think there is a time and a place for it. You know, I think that there are certainly women that are good candidates, but to just say like, I'm taking a prenatal with no, no thought to like, what you're actually eating Mm. or to like actually think that it will cover all the nutrients that you need for a pregnancy, a healthy pregnancy. It it, it does not cover all the nutrients even by a mile. (laughs) So, um, I think that's really important. And, um, it is possible to replace, I I believe, because I've helped women do this for years. (laughs) Um, it is possible to replace prenatals with a diet. It has to be a well-structured diet. Um, you know, it has to be something that you can be consistent with and very intentional with, um, but it can be done. It can also be done with whole food supplements. And this is something that I teach as well. Um, so for women looking for that real whole food approach, either using real foods or mixing whole food supplements and real foods or mixing Mm. just whole food supplements with each other, Mm. um, it's produced amazing results. And I can't tell you how many students have come back to me saying their placentas looked out of this world. Their amniotic sacs were like uh, bulletproof (laughs) and not not bulletproof like stiff, but like very thick and healthy. Um, 
and how deep the color was of the, the placenta because that's just a sign of a healthy placenta um, and how awesome their recoveries were too and how good they felt during that pregnancy instead of taking prenatals. So, um, you know, there, I think it really depends on the person, yeah. um, but it can be done. And I think just being informed, you know, about prenatals in general is really important to choosing one in the right way. You talk quickly about folate. That's another question I get that they're told to take folate. Yeah. So usually people are told to take folic acid. Um, and this is really common with the prenatals that I've seen in coming out of Australia too. I think it starts with an E, I think. Um, I've been sent <laughs> those a couple of times, more than a couple, but um, folic acid is, usually people are told to take folic acid and that's, um, I got in a lot of heat for this recently <laughs> because a lot of the, um, it takes a long time for basically science and nutrition science to catch up with uh, the literature that's coming out mm. or like, I should say guidelines, uh, general recommendations, common recommendations. So there are still people that believe folic acid is like the best form of folate you could possibly have. Mm. Um, but folic acid, and it's also confusing because a lot of the time, it's referred to as folic acid in the literature, regardless of whether or not it's like the natural source or the fake source. Um, but I think what you need to know about folic acid is that it's a synthetic form of folate and it's, so it's a chemical. Um, and that's not to say like synthetic forms of nutrients are all bad, mm -hmm. but where this is an issue is that basically half the population has a genetic mutation that makes it really difficult for the body to convert folic acid into folate, which is what needs to happen for you to be able to utilize it properly. Mm. And so um, there's, you know, folic acid can still, um, if you know, if you're familiar with like pregnancy and why folate is so important is, is because there's this really big focus around neural tube defects um, and pre preventing things like spina bifida. Um, and of course, those are very serious things. And like, absolutely, we should be doing everything we can to prevent that. But what I point out is that folic acid doesn't solve all, for all the neural tube defects. It can prevent some, mm -hmm. um, but there's still a good third that are folic acid resistant. So why is that? Um, it's not the only nutrient that prevents neural tube defects. There are many others involved um, and that deficiencies can cause neural tube defects. Um, it can mask a vitamin b12 deficiency so if you're deficient in vitamin b12 it'd be really difficult to know that um it can also cause a functional folate deficiency so an actual deficiency in folate mm. <laughs> which is wild and i've literally seen this happen <laughs> where this person was taking folic acid at really high doses and was also just majorly deficient in folate like how is that possible if this is supposed to be solving that problem so um you know, I think that's important to know. Um, it's fortified, at least here in the States, all the, a lot of the green products are fortified with folic acid if they're processed. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that in Australia, maybe there's a similar fortification program. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think that there's also a really big focus on folic acid mm. um, where, you know, people would benefit the most is eating foods with <laughs> folate, the actual form that is already in the form that you need to, you don't have to convert it. Um, and, you know, ironically, the food that contains that is highest in folate is liver. <laughs> liver, um, the amazing liver. 
Yeah, not leafy greens like, you know, we're led to believe. Uh, it's actually liver is the highest uh, source of folate. So just another reason to eat uh, liver, honestly. <laughs> mm. oh, amazing. And so can you talk about then what are the some of the foods or the foods that you would include in your diet to get the nutrients that your body needs? Just normally, I think, because all the foods that you talk about is the same foods that I eat that you were eating before your pregnancy. So what are some of these foods? Yeah, you know, my my pre-pregnancy diet doesn't look very different from my pregnancy diet. <laughs> and that's for good reason, because <laughs> everything you need is, you know, minus like avoiding raw shellfish, like I've literally mm. been eating the same. <laughs> so, um, and it's a lot of what you mentioned, uh, what you've said, it's, it's a lot of organ meats, uh, a lot of muscle meats as well. Protein is really, really important for fertility and pregnancy. So things like uh, muscle meats from um, cow, you know, lamb, wh- whatever lamb. floats your boat, yeah. um, pasture raised pig, pig or pork, if you can get it. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky enough that I am part of a pig share Great. and yeah, the pork is so different from what you would see in the store. It's like deep, this deep red, um, almost like burgundy. It's, wow. it's not the light pink that you would see. <laughs> in you know the supermarket um uh, i even do pasteurized chicken if i can find it um oh eggs of course obviously they're not muscle Um, meat but eggs are amazing too aren't they eggs are another great source of protein um high quality dairy Mm. um high quality fish and shellfish Mm. um really a, a lot of the foods that i focus on are most of the animal foods and protein based gelatin collagen oh yeah. yeah yes um Lots of those types. I love making a bone broth, um, mm. a batch, a big batch, like every week and a half or so, and just sipping on that, mm. um, and just uh, you know, use let you I using your your bloom gelatin, your best yeah. bloom gelatin to make yeah, like, yeah, make gummies uh, and things. Yeah. Yes, or putting it in like if if I feel like I want extra protein, sometimes yep. I'll throw that in my coffee or something like that. So, yep. yum, yeah. so good fruits. Oh, tons of fruits. Yeah. I love fruits. Um, some some properly prepared uh, grains here and there too, <laughs> um, as long as they're, you know, prepared in the right way so you can digest them properly. Mm. Um, lots of root vegetables as well, mm. um, which have a lot of fiber, but also like minerals. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, I'd like covers pretty much everything, but, you know, just eating eating real food and uh, really nutrient dense foods. Mm. And it's, it's been wonderful for me. Oh, so good. Um, This is one more question that I get. What about morning sickness? What causes morning sickness and what can you do about it? Yeah. So there's a lot of different things that can cause morning sickness. Uh, Just having helped hundreds and hundreds of women go through it. Um, I will say, I think there's a level of like, there's a level of like normalness to it. I mm-hmm. think uh, just also because you're in the first trimester, your, your blood sugar sensitivity, your um, insulin sensitivity is like skyrocketing. And so you're, it's kind of like a crazy luteal phase mm-hmm. where, you know, the second half of your cycle, you're like more sensitive to blood sugar drops. Mm-hmm. This is like, on steroids. Mm. <laughs> um, 
and you also have tons of hormones being pumped out. Um, I do think there's some really interesting correlation to HCG, the pregnancy hormone, mm-hmm. um, and like the high levels of progesterone, which can make you more insulin sensitive because it's so metabolically stimulating. Um, you're also like super anabolic. So you're like building so rapidly. It's just the, the first half of pregnancy is an anabolic state. So you're just building, 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 and you need, you need fuel to support that, which is goes mm-hmm. back to like why you're so much more sensitive to blood sugar drops. Mm-hmm. Um, and your thyroid is like kicked into high gear, which is why thyroid health is so important too for pregnancy. But um, there's so many different things that could cause it, um, including gut issues, um, including, you know, just uh, liver issues as well. Like if your liver wasn't in good shape previously, mm-hmm. you're going to have a hard time processing those hormones mm-hmm. and it's going to make you feel nauseous. Mm-hmm. Um other things are like blood sugar imbalances. I think if you're more insulin resistant, you might struggle with morning sickness a little bit more, which is what I've seen as well. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, you know, I would say the liver connection too. going back to that. Um, if you're more of a, like an estrogen dominant person, that could potentially be an issue as well. Uh, and Dr. AP talks about this too. Um, I'm totally blanking on so many other reasons, but uh, this is where my brain, my brain has a finite capacity these days in the evenings. Um, But uh, I would say what works the best though, um, it, and what I've seen more consistently is managing that blood sugar Mm. and eating small, frequent meals like that, you know, as, as annoying as that sounds, it's like, oh, yeah, it, that's too simple. I want a supplement. Um, that honestly works. And women that wait too long to eat again, that's when the spiral goes down. So I, that's why I think it has so much to do with blood sugar too. Mm-hmm. Because if you wait too long to eat, you know, outside of pregnancy, you can start to be hangry. You can start to get the shakes. You could start to, depending on where you are uh, in your health journey, but you know, you know, when you're hungry and you know, when your blood sugar dropped, like, <laughs> and so in pregnancy, the sign is like kind of nausea Yeah. Uh, for a lot of women, most women that I've, I've supported. So I think that getting that as a foundation um, is super important going into pregnancy, but also like, if you're dealing with it right now, mm-hmm. that will save your life. <laughs> I can't even imagine what it would be like that constant some women friends I've had have had it ter- it's been terrible so poor things um yeah. okay I think that's all the burning like the, some of the most common questions they get now what about training and movement talk about that and what you've been doing and yeah yeah so I I love training I'm actually for those that don't know I'm across uh, well I don't coach anymore and I don't do CrossFit quite as much anymore but um I'm a CrossFit coach certified um I'm also a USA weightlifting coach. Um, so Olympic weightlifting. Um, I, uh, love powerlifting (laughs) (laughs) very much like Kitty. Um, I, I tend to use more functional training. So like a lot of kettlebells, a lot of dumbbells, a lot of that stuff. I love metabolic conditioning as well. Like doing some hit that might surprise you, Kitty. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, I also like moderate intensity cardio. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
I I loved this was one of the most fun things over the summer uh running with my dogs just like for mm-hmm. 15 minutes outside mm-hmm. and they just they loved it I loved watching them I loved it because they loved it <laughs> but um it's just really fun I, I walk a ton mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I mix all of these things um a lot of mobility too but um you know, primarily strength training. Mm. Um, that's what my routine focus on because muscle is so important, especially as you go into pregnancy, you know, all the hormones that you are pumping out, including this one called relaxin, which is basically to help all the ligaments relax so that your body can accommodate and shape and uh, shift uh, to accommodate the baby. Um, you know, it puts a lot more stress because those ligaments aren't able to support Mm. Uh, it'll put a lot more stress on the the bones themselves unless your muscles are able to carry over that uh transfer Mm. um so strength training is really really important uh, not only metabolically for fertility but also pregnancy Mm. and so that's something that i've continued to do you know still do now i just i did a I did a total body workout yesterday with my husband, which was really fun. <laughs> oh, nice. And yeah, yeah. And I think um, there's a lot of misconceptions. You know, I think if you're struggling with fertility, it can feel scary to work out mm. because you're like, oh, I don't want this to diminish my, you know, chances of conceiving. But I think also you have to think about the mental health benefits, the metabolic benefits, and, um, uh, just, it can also help with lowering stress too. Um, mm. you know, the right dosage, of course, <laughs> I'm not saying, uh, go do orange theory. I'm yeah. not sure if you run know. a marathon, <laughs> they have orange I think theory. Just don't go to extremes. <laughs> yeah, no, no extremes. And, you know, choose the type of movement you're doing wisely, but that you don't have to stop moving. If mm. you're dealing with fertility issues, I think moving is going to be really important. Um, so I think that there's a misconception there. And then in pregnancy, it's like the misconception is, oh, you can't lift heavy. You can't, <laughs> you know, you have to stop doing like, um, weight training. You have to stop doing running. You have to stop doing all these things. And that's simply not true. <laughs> the more that you can work out and the longer that you can continue to work out mm. the, the better results it's shown in the literature, but also, mm. um, even my, my students, like they've been able to work out until like right before they deliver and they've had really fast recoveries. I think it really helps with the postpartum recovery period too. Um, And so, uh, you know, I think there's definitely for like the way I've been trained to coach um, pregnant women, there's, there's a little bit erring on the side of caution in terms of like heart rate. Uh, But if you talk to any of like the more cutting edge leading physical therapists and trainers, mm. um, there's this sort of shift happening here in the United States where, you know, they're kind of like trusting the woman's intuition again. Mm. And they're saying like, if the woman can do this, like the heart rate thing doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, if yeah. the woman feels good doing this and she can do this, yeah. like she should be able to do this. And yep. continue as as long as she wants to, um, within you know, within reason. Like, don't go again. Run a marathon. It's mm. not the time to take up a new skill or take up a new hobby or, you know, do a race. But like, if you like weight training and you want to continue it in your pregnancy, like, 
there's no reason you can't. Um, and so I've been able to do that confidently. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was able to run just until a couple weeks ago um, when my belly just <laughs> <laughs> now now it's, it's like too a, big. Yeah. it's like um a walk a waddle jog, yeah like a walk jog. that's hilarious I love it yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know uh, you have to adjust too uh, and listen to your body I'm not saying ignore that either but um and I've had to like shorten my range of motion for deadlifts because my belly's in the way <laughs> um and you know I'm not gonna do anything on my back for too long. Yeah. Um, definitely the ab stuff is different for sure during mm. pregnancy that, you know, trying to prevent diastasis recti that definitely matters. Um, mm. I would say so my, the, I think that's probably the biggest shift that I did is mm. adjusting my ab routine. Um, you know, you can't really do like crunches or, um, planks get harder, um, mountain climbers, those kinds of things. Mm. Um, yeah, but, you know, adjusting for that, for like the structural stuff going on, mm. you have to widen your legs when you squat, widen your stance when you deadlift. Mm. But honestly, it's, there's a lot of misconceptions. And I think, uh, there's a lot of benefits to, to working out before pregnancy and during pregnancy mm. on the epigenetic side as well. Mm. Um, it can help reduce pain during pregnancy it can help reduce the risk of cesarean section but also it helps with the baby's health as well it mm. has long-term effects on their health mm. positive long-term effects on their health uh once they're out of your womb so mm. there's so many reasons to keep moving during pregnancy oh, so good yeah i know it's interesting that like we've had women in our program fall pregnant and then train obviously modify their programs as they get more pregnant but yeah they've loved it and they've had the baby and then the recovery has been quicker and yeah, it's, it's awesome. I think though a lot of women are just scared. They're scared. I think. Yeah. There's also a lot going on. You know, I, I do want to sympathize with the woman that's like sick as a dog. Oh and yeah. Like... <laughs> the morning sickness is probably like the last thing I feel like doing is working out. Yeah. yeah. Sick as a dog, maybe like yeah. super tired, incredibly fatigued, like <sighs> just can't like you know take what you can get don't yeah. don't be hard on yourself but yeah. you know if you're though for the woman that's like just not doing it because she's scared yeah <laughs> maybe that's time to you know reflect on that yeah oh that's awesome is there anything else that you specifically wanted to cover that I haven't asked you they're probably the main burning questions that I get from women um probably I think a really under under um under <laughs> what's the word I'm looking for? Um, not underutilized. This is my, my five o'clock brain working now. Uh, <laughs> well, I think something that doesn't get enough attention, uh, is also pelvic floor health. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think, you know, pre-pregnancy, there's a lot of work you can do to prepare for the changes that come during pregnancy, but also, that's a big focus of mine as well um, and has been leading up into pregnancy, not only for like, there's a lot of benefits to working on your pelvic floor for like um, just blood flow and mm. like circulation, your reproductive organs are there. And so if you're trying to like optimize, um, 
optimal implantation and egg quality. Like, you know, getting getting work on your pelvic floor and working on your pelvic floor, understanding how to properly engage and relax mm. it. You know, especially if you struggle with like leaking, like mm. randomly when you laugh or or um, pain during penetrative intercourse. Um, you know, I think <clears throat> those are all signs that you or constipation even mm. like constipation isn't just about fiber it can be structural too. Mm. So I would say that's another big area that I've worked on before pregnancy and during pregnancy, because again, those ligaments all relax and there can be some, um, some additional pressures. You kind of like, you start to see where your weaknesses are and some of the muscles will start to take over for some of the weaker ones, um, or some of the ligaments that are, you know, operating. And as much as we like to think our bodies are like completely symmetrical in terms of strength, you know, you have a dominant side. So like your right mm. leg is your right arm is you right with your right <laughs> hand. Um, there can be imbalances like that in your pelvic floor too. And that's important as well, because it can lead to lower back pain, constipation, mm. leaking during pregnancy, but also tearing during delivery. And if you're worried about tearing, um, mm. there's, a really big reason to work on your pelvic floor, you know, if there's an imbalance, not necessarily weakness or tightness or mm -hmm. weakness or too being too strong, mm -hmm. but an imbalance, um, as the baby's coming out, there will be some tugging in places. It won't be able to relax properly. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that, you know, working on your pelvic floor, um, starting before and during it's never too late. Uh, is really important too. And you can incorporate that with your training. And that's something I teach as well. Mm. Um, just how to properly breathe, but also how to relax and how to, if you're somebody that, you know, has suffered with prolapse before, mm. that might be a sign, you know, to, to also balance, but also strengthen too. Mm. And so how to strengthen as well. Um, so I think that's a really big part of, I would say, a well-rounded pre pregnancy prep mm. plan. So good. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to see whether you're having a baby girl or a baby boy. And yeah, by the time this <laughs> podcast comes out, you, know, you would have had um, the baby. So I think we should probably get you on like post, you know, give you some time, obviously. To, <laughs> but, you know, maybe once you've had the baby and recovered and, you know. Yeah, I I will be documenting my, um, mm. I don't have any signs of diastasis recti, but yeah. I'm trained to give assessments on that. And I'll be really curious. I'll be giving myself a diastasis assessment and maybe sharing more about what I'm doing yeah. if that's a problem, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but also pelvic floor healing um, yeah. postpartum. Yeah. We don't know the sex of the baby, so it'll, we'll oh, see. It's exciting. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's we'll very see. exciting. <laughs> well, I will, everyone, pop links to um, Lauren's Instagram below her course. It's amazing. I've got it. Um, follow her. She's great. She releases loads of um, uh, great content. And as always, take a screenshot of the episode and share your biggest takeaways on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D. Uh, and each month I pick a winner and they get a tub of Saturay Premium Collagen valued at $79. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Kitty. And I'll see everyone next week. Bye.